Welcome to the second podcast on everything Australian rules football, fitness, sports science and strength and conditioning. Today I'm chatting with Lawrence Spark, who plays for the Western Bulldogs in the AFLW competition. Before playing Australian rules, she was an elite beach volleyballer. She also is a teacher and thus this all provides a fantastic mix to discuss the whole spectrum of football for women at senior level, but also about issues with long-term play development given her role as a teacher. We will also discuss other topics such as fitness needs, injury prevention, warm-ups, and her involvement in cross-course coders, which is tapping into international athletes who want to play AFLW. She's about to start the AFL season, so let's get chatting. Good luck on the season. It's starting next week, Lauren. Sure is. We're um, about eight, eight to ten weeks into pre-season now, so started before uh, Christmas and then, yeah, around one next week, which is exciting. Obviously, um, uh, I remember training you for beach volleyball and you played with my daughter. Um, how's the transition been from volleyball to, to football? Did you did you play local footy before AFL? No, I never, no. Um, it was actually, yeah, Lauren and I actually played just our, our school footy through high school and then that was the extent of my um, football career, I guess, at that stage of <coughs> teenage years. But, um, yeah, we went through volleyball, indoor volleyball and beach volleyball together. And, um, yeah, so that spent a couple of years through um, the indoor game. And then most of my early 20s uh, was beach volleyball, uh, travelling the national tour. And great times there and great memories. Um, and I, I'd always wanted to play football. And uh, it just was never never an option for me. So um, it is now, which is amazing for all the young girls and um, I'm a school teacher now, so I get to see all the young girls bring their bring their footy to school and kicking on the oval with the boys just as much. So that's, yeah, yeah. Um, that's exciting. But, but yeah, I took up footy um, six or seven years ago. Oh, okay. And that was your instigation? You weren't headhunted like a lot of the other elite athletes from other sports? No, no, no. I um, I was, I dare say, one of the original cross coders. I oh, okay. crossed over, um, yeah, crossed over to to football a little bit before everyone else, um, and then had a couple of years before before the whole league kicked off. I played the original um, the exhibition game, the uh, Bulldogs versus Melbourne. Oh, okay, I played yeah. those two, yeah, back um, in 2015, I think it was, and 16, and then the season, yeah, was announced from. 2017 onwards. So, so what did you achieve in beach volleyball before we get back into AFLW? Uh, yeah, so with the beach volleyball, um, some pretty decent, I guess, rankings through the Victorian system, kind of within the top three, four, five each time. Um, yeah. Held number one for a while there. I was with a beach partner for quite a few years and um, did really well on the Victorian scene and then travelled around the the uh, uh, interstate competitions, so the national tour at the time, and mm. played against some of Australia's best um, at the time, Natalie Cook and um, Thames and Barnett. Well, I guess um, were still running around, and um, yeah, and most of those girls. And and so um, again, travelling around within the top ten to fifteen teams of that. Um, yep. I did that for probably three or four years, and then. Uh, Angie and myself managed one uh, inter- uh, sorry overseas travel was um, just over to Thailand for for an Asian uh, two Asian Cup tournaments there. 
Oh, awesome. So, so what, what did you have to add in transition? I, I mean, I, I'm assuming obviously kicking, you know, uh, but what, what else in yeah. terms of running and <clears throat> hamstring development and speed or fitness? What, what did you feel you had yeah, to... Yeah, there's, there's... They're obviously completely different sports. You go from two people wearing bikinis on the sand in the summer to a team of 18 girls out in the middle of winter running around on an oval in the mud. Um, it's it's a bit different, but in terms of physicality, it's obviously the size of the the playing area is is huge. And when I did first start out, I was in the ruck, so it required kind of covering pretty much the whole ground, following the ball wherever the ball went. I went, so um, I guess that that endurance stuff was something I definitely needed to work on. Um, then of course strength is being one of the tallest in in the um, team at the time. Um, I usually got put against the other tall and strong girls in the opposition, mm. so I mm. had to work on kind of that, that strength as well. Mm. Oh, so you had to get stronger even though you were fairly strong for volleyball? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I did. We, um, yeah, I've always, I, I could still get stronger now. I'm still, it's always a, a continual um, growth area for me. Um, oh, okay. okay. I think, I, I, yeah, I had to work on... Uh, quite a few things as well but um strength is probably the the main one um agility was pretty good with kind of a netball volleyball background so that was that was not too bad but um yeah i guess speed and strength is the main two yeah for sure yeah i suppose what i wanted to chat to you about a little bit and you know i didn't want to sort of get any ip from the bulldogs before the season but more so i suppose uh, you, you've got a pretty good view of AFLW to, you know, obviously with cross-coders to VFLW to overseas to local to junior. What's happening now, you know, from AFLW down to junior and overseas? What's what's the general overview of women's footy, I suppose, or female footy, for one, one of a better word? Yeah. Um, so, what, just in terms of the progression or what? Oh, well, I suppose you've got, v, you've got VFLW and then you've got local leagues, haven't you, and juniors. And then obviously you're, yeah. you're trying to get the overseas thing going with cross-coders and there seems to be a fair bit of right. interest there. What, what, what's an overview? How's it growing right now? Uh, it's, yeah, it's growing. Like I said uh, before with the, the girls in schools, like uh, it's grown rapidly. Um, the amount of teams, especially here locally in, in Victoria especially, um, I guess the home of AFL. It's um, the amount of girls teams there's right from the ages um, under Oz oh, kid girls to start with and then right through 12, 14, 16s, 18s and open age women um, clubs. They're running out of oval space to be honest. They can't fit them all in. No, where they're having to share ovals. They're having to share training sessions. Um, yeah, the rapid rise of it all has it's been pretty... Um, pretty crazy to be honest but um yeah right through now and then obviously the the vfl um as well out to 10 teams and and now the afl out to 14 teams so yeah, uh yeah. the growth is there uh the under 18 um pathways are, okay, are just as good they've got the um the tac cup teams yeah. aligning now with the boys um and it's the same sort of progression as as you would if, if you're born a girl or born a boy so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. But you'd now see, you'd see the. You, you'd, I suppose what you said before was interesting. You, you'd see the impact as a school teacher with kids um, coming to school, wouldn't you, with their boots and wanting to play? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. Like, they, girls coming in and saying, yeah, we won our game on the weekend and I kicked the goal or I did this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's unbelievable. But the, it's not only that, it's the boys as well. It's the boys' acceptance of, oh, it's just a done thing now. Like, they, that's okay that the girls bring the yeah. footy and that they yeah. playing footy as well. And they're comparing each other's scores to each other. And um, some some of them up until the age of 12 were playing in teams together. So... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's well. That's true. Yeah, there's a, the maturity issue doesn't kick in until later, does it? So that's quite possible. Yeah, that's it. So, so, so I'll probably go onto this later, but just briefly, a, 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 a girls playing more multiple sports still than than boys. Yeah, you know, are boys choosing footy earlier and girls just hedging their bets, or is it sort of pretty much the yeah, same? Yeah, it seems to be like that now that there's so many options for the girls, which is awesome. They're oh, they're okay. kind of got a couple going in the winter and then a, a sport or two over the summer as well and as you've seen the, the women's cricket as well um amazing uh, i think they were one of the first lot to to really establish a professional league so um yeah a lot of girls through the summer as well um i've played cricket and they're still the basketball and obviously the netball um has, has done a really great job in promoting their sport the last few years as well so i suppose it's um, making, making yeah i feel like it's it's the boys boys sticking to kind of football, soccer and, and potentially cricket, tennis over the summer and then um, the girls that get to choose, I guess, anything that they want. Okay, yeah. So going back to AFLW, um, since year one or since you played that exhibition match and obviously a couple of pre-seasons, have the game demands changed a lot? I mean, are people getting a lot more fit? I mean, obviously they probably are, but do you, do you find have you found a massive change in three years? Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, it's going from kind of us just trying to replicate what the boys do to kind of no, this is our own our own comp, our own league, and we need to work out what what best suits us in terms of our our training and fitness standards. So, but yeah, I guess season one we're all just kind of scrambling with the resources and the people that yeah. we could get our hands on. And each year as it progresses, um, a few things that uh, the base and the foundations there now, just tweaking a few things in kind of. Uh, the team members you can get, the trainers you can get, the rehab mm. um, physio, uh, physios as well that you can get. So um, just tweaking those sorts of things and working out loads and mm. um, finding that balance between girls, uh, I guess, having a physical job outside of playing um, mm. and those girls that I guess that are maybe not as physical and are managing loads that way and um, oh, okay. yes, it's a coming into kind yeah. of, yeah, the age and experience of the person as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's a fair so, bit yeah, back. There's a bit more. There's a bit more to training an AFLW team in terms of the variety of what's going to hit you with players, eh? Um, so, so with, with the bigger grounds, um, yeah, you're still playing on bigger grounds. So, in, in, is that has the strategies changed to cope with, you know, a, a, a large ground and with with the coaching? Is you know, obviously, yeah, that's it. it. Like. The team we're fielding this year's um, actually has come out as probably without probably ha having proper recordings, but we're probably the shortest and quickest team yeah. uh, coming into this season, and that's probably the way that the game's going. Is that that open spread and hence the 16-a-side um, games that they want to open it up a bit more. They don't want it congested. They want it free-flowing, a running carry style game, and that's something we'll probably be looking at, at doing. So that that will probably be the evolution. Gut feeling is that 
players will grab the ball and, and, and run into open space and then create yeah. more open space, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And there's like, even for the men, the old, the old stay-at-home forward, I guess, oh, is course, not yeah. really a thing yeah. anymore. No, no. Um, and likewise with the girls, it's, it's based on, yeah, their athletic ability and covering both strength, speed, agility, everything. So um, you've got to kind of be an all-rounder these days. So the, the, the basic strategy is to get into open space and try and try and get away from the congestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, and that's what I think the rules have allowed for as well with um, uh, last touch rule between the arcs for us. So mm. yeah, ball yeah. does go out uh, from possession. We get to kick it in. Mm. Um, and 16 aside, the one forward, one defender has to start in the, the goal square, prior to a bounce. So there's... The rules are allowing for us to kind of have this open free-flow game. So, so I suppose my query was, uh, why 16 aside? I, I mean, I, I would have thought that there's enough space and you could have 18 and it was just a matter of changing the, you know, the, the strategy. But I suppose the, the, the aim is, is to lessen congestion, eh? I suppose that's the... Uh, that's it. You take those um, couple of players out that four less girls mm. on the field, I guess mm. it's, it's their way of freeing up. They have the stats behind them after you won to, yeah. to warrant the change. And then I guess they just decided that, yeah, that 16, four less bodies on the field, it opens up a bit more and it's, um, I guess, a bit easier to play, a bit easier to watch, those sorts of things. I suppose this season will tell a tale in AFLW if teams change their tactics, run the ball more, get into open space more, then that will become a trend and then that will influence strategy and fitness, I suppose. Yeah, is that, is that a fair call? Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully <laughs> we're, we're the trendsetters in that yeah, space. That's awesome, yeah. So, so is it 16 aside in VFLW? Uh, no. It's strange. Yeah. Anyway, that's probably no, why. And then they have a another rule as well as the density rule. So um, to, to avoid girls uh, pushing right up into to the yeah, opposition yeah. forward line, yeah. three of your defenders and three attackers have to be behind the halfway mark if the ball enters over halfway. So once there's a stoppage, all the, the defenders and uh, three attackers, three defenders have to run back to the halfway mark. Once the ball's been bounced or thrown in, you can move back up again, so it's a lot of flowing up and down, especially the defender. I'm up and back, up and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the forward line. Okay. So that's some of the rules to, I guess, negotiate that, which is again not in AFLW. Yep, yep. So, 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 in terms of AFLW and 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 you know, we're talking fitness mainly in this in this podcast is. Yeah, you know, as the priorities change a little bit, is it, is it getting more towards, uh, you know, a priority of getting speed and acceleration, or is it just a blend of speed, endurance, and strength? Or are you finding there's a there's a little bit of a, a bias to, to to some fitness characteristic at this stage, or a change? Not really, not really. There's um, there's definitely a. I guess use, using your body, I guess a bit more, and the technique behind it all as well has yeah. been a big push. There's a um, a big driver in kind of the um, deceleration technique and your yeah. your agility and your turning technique and using your hips and legs. And I guess that's something um, girls haven't 
done in the past or looked at in the past, whereas the boys have been able to kind of train that stuff from early years on, whereas myself took it up late. I haven't had the yep. that kind of, uh, I guess, technique um, being taught. So that's, that's been it, even within our warm-ups and, and that, that detail and, and kind of technique and change of direction is has been a focus for us and obviously um, coming aligning with the injuries that have been coming out of yeah, yeah. our sport as well. So um, I, I don't think that this, it's weighted any more heavily. I think um, fitness, between our last season and this year, fitness has been a, a real focus. So there's always a fitness component within, um, within our uh, training, but there's not... Uh, we're not sent off to go and run kilometres after kilometres. It's, yeah. it's all within... Um, yeah, within the trainings. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so with AFLW, obviously, there's a short season, and 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 I would have thought that that brings up some issues, and and not you only know, have so many players playing from VFLW, from what I know. Um, is that is that a bit of a problem that the short season? I, I I remember when I was looking at AFLW two years ago. It seemed like the pre-season was sort of crammed. It was almost like a mini pre-season trying to replicate, you know, a real season. What, what, what's your views on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the pre-season is, is, I think, pretty much the same length as the actual season. So oh, okay. um, we've got eight-week eight season and three weeks of finals. Yeah. Um, and that sounds about right, 11-week pre-season. So um, there's stuff that gets done in the lead-up. Uh, I guess, yeah, some girls are playing VFL and using VFL as their, I guess, their learning and building of kind of the skill side of things and, and um, coaching and that. But, um, yeah, the lead-up to, to now is, is more the fitness side of things, so and your fundamental skills, really. Okay, yeah. I, I suppose I just had a view at the time that, Pretty much having done 20 pre-seasons with the men, you know, you'd be in game mode up to six weeks before the season where I, I had a gut feeling um, that possibly a, a, a bit of a problem with AFLW in the pre-season would be that you try to cram fitness a little bit too close to the season, but I'm sure they're managing that a bit better now, you know, that sort of aspect. Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's obviously um, slowed down a bit now. As such, obviously, we get smashed <laughs> quite a fair bit before Christmas. Yeah, but um, yeah. this side of it does start to become more game style and gameplay and, and skills based. But you're right. Oh, we would be we're begging for for longer preseason, longer longer season. But it's just not where it's at at the moment. It's still um, in its early stages of of growing the game. And like I said, we're all still learning on on what best works and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, preventative injuries, girls then potentially going through and playing VFL and looking like playing AFL, like playing the sport for the whole year, it becomes a toll on the body as well. So how many, so there's a limit on VFLW players playing both seasons, isn't there? You can't have... Yeah, there's, I, I think it's about to change again this year in terms oh. of um, point system as well, set by the the league, so certain amount of players can play um, a certain number of games, that's set by the league at a oh, time, okay. but it's up to the club base and the, and the individual athlete, I guess, to decide um, what's together and, and what's going to be best for, for both physically, mentally, whatever they need to achieve through that VFL season. So if it's 
a 14-week season in, in the winter. Uh, some girls are only playing half of that. Some will start the season and then won't finish it off. Some will finish the back. Oh, okay. It depends what each club and each girl want to work out. Okay, so this, it's, just, it's just variable. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. now that we're talking load management, and um, I, I was at a conference two or three years ago and a surgeon was talking about the injury crisis, you know, and, and he was just saying that he, he felt that, that, that girls were, at a young age, more so than AFLW, VFLW, were just playing too many sports, you know, and putting the boots on and then starting to... Are you, do, you, do you think that's, a, a, that's not, not the reality or do you think that it's a problem that some girls are saying, OK, I'll, I'll play footy as a 13, 14-year-old, but I'll play everything else too? You know, at this stage, just in case. Um, no, I don't. No, I don't think that's no. that's necessarily an issue. Okay. Um, I yeah. don't really see an issue, and I don't think girls need to choose. I guess until it becomes too physically, and mentally demanding to yeah. to try and juggle both sports, and um, you see it even at the elite level. A couple of our girls are are trying to, and it just gets to a point where it, you can't manage it anymore. We had a a teammate pull out just a couple of weeks ago to concentrate on hockey. She's an Australian hockey player. So she just physically couldn't manage both. So, um, and Monique Conti as well, ex-teammate of mine now at Richmond, but um, was juggling that and basketball as well. So, um, yeah, it's just becoming difficult. But I don't think as a junior it's that much of an issue and it's causing... Um, injuries as such. I think it's just more, yeah, us getting, knowing our bodies and knowing what we can handle, I guess, yep, and educating. Yep. Yep. So, so that, that trend of multi-sport is starting to reduce now because it's just too demanding, you know, it, it, uh, especially at the yeah, adult level. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, okay, well, that's interesting, yeah, because I suppose that question's been asked about about the, uh, you know, the obvious the obvious. Um, elephant in the room, the, the knee injuries with females in sport, but that's just generally a higher yeah. percentage anyway. You know, it's not it's not a quite, yeah, it's, it's not just a, it's not just football. The is stats it? Yeah. don't, yeah, stats don't favour us because there's so many more men playing anyway, and then it uh, our our pool of players is a lot smaller. So it looks like every second person here is doing an ACL injury, yeah. but it just happens to be that we've just got a smaller number of oh, women playing. So um, they they have been. Uh, there has been a lot of talk about it and there has been quite a lot of injured girls. Um, yeah, so that, that's becoming more of an issue and it's, it's a, uh, La Trobe University has actually put out a, a prep to play resource yeah, right, yeah. as well. And yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, every junior club needs to look at that as well and um, any of the clinics that I run or kids that I teach, I try to implement some of that kind of landing technique stuff and yeah. um, just making sure that we yeah, we kind of know our body a bit better um, because we haven't had, I guess, the foundation for, as a junior. Well, that's right, yeah, and I suppose that there is that sort of um, bias um, if you're a girl that you, you probably don't do those, those sort of things. And I remember talking to a really famous um, researcher and, and she said that, you know, yes, there was some... Uh, Obviously, um, sex differences, you know, obviously male-female in terms of um, predisposition to injury, but she also felt that it was what girls did when they were young that, that meant they hadn't done the work that males had done because of the, 
the fact Correct. they had yeah yeah which was quite interesting it was a different way of looking at it yeah I, yeah i tend to i tend to agree with that yeah, um yeah yeah, not been taught as a junior. I think it's something that needs to be pushed through schools and yeah. in their part of their curriculum as well. So, and definitely junior clubs need to look at that resource as well. And um, yeah, just build that within their junior leagues. Yeah, I suppose just just ending the, the discussion on injury, but I'll just, I'll just add another thoughts. Was yeah, my, my, my thoughts have been because the grounds were hard and pre-season was with AFLW before Christmas that a lot of the girls hadn't shed the fatigue, you know, and I was just a little bit sort of concerned that some girls, I noticed at Melbourne, two girls did ACLs, you know, recently, um, whether they were going into games a little bit fatigued, you know, and sort of still carrying the load of pre-season, but that was just my subjective thoughts, you know, at the time, and, and obviously... Potentially, there's, yeah, there's all sorts of things that we can try and work out, is mm. it, yeah, is it too soon are we the other thing is like these boots that we are wearing is that are they designed for us like a lot of yeah. us are just rolling around in in men's boots we've spoken about yeah, that's the genetic makeup of yeah, yeah yeah males and females being so different so yeah, yeah, yeah. then why not have a, a female specific boot as well um well that's yeah, the point the surgeon made sorry that's a really interesting point because that's a, the point the surgeon made especially with you know 12 13 14 year old girls who we're just turning to playing footy and putting boots on for the first time, I suppose. If they're putting on a, a, a boy's boot, <laughs> for want of a better word. Yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's, that's certainly an area for research, isn't it? Yeah, for, especially for juniors. Yeah, and I think there's a few more coming into it. I know um, there's a, a Melbourne-based company that are, um, Ida Sports are, are focusing purely on female. They've got a podiatrist mm. in there working mm. on female mm. feet and what yeah. works best there. And I'm... I think ASICs are in trying to work out a female boot as well, specific, but, um, and that's just, that's the other thing. I'm not sure that enough's gone into that. And, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I guess we just get given the boots that that are ordered for us and that's kind of where yeah, we go no, with that. A, with, a, I know the Bulldog, we have a podiatrist that comes in and, and fits our feet um, to the best of yeah, her knowledge and I haven't had a problem. Um, Okay. Mine, touch wood, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. So, so, have you played DFLW at all? Yep. What, what's the difference? What, yep, do you find played, the dif- what, uh, what, what do you find the differences physically from going from one standard to another? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a slight, uh, I guess, difference, but you still have, I guess, half a dozen to eight girls um, from the AFL system oh, okay, yeah. in the team at a time as well and it it just becomes I guess that's where I put my teacher hat on and my educator's hat on and just use that time to kind of build the people around you the, to what knowledge I've been given um, through the AFL program to then pass on to mm-hmm. the VFL girls and, and these girls are uh, just as determined and hoping to crack into the AFL as well so uh, willing to learn and listen which is nice um, Mm. Unlike some of the kids at school, no. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but but I suppose mean, uh, yeah, no. is, is it more running? Is it is it more physical because it's more congested? Is it <clears throat> is it slower? What do you find? Um, well, to be honest, I only, I only got in for maybe five or six games last year. So, no. um, but I didn't notice too much of a difference in, oh, sure. in speed and yep, and yep. physicality. Yep. Um, yeah, I think if anything, maybe 
a bit more physical, just trying to kind of prove a point, I guess, and <laughs> just trying to put their best foot forward and yeah, yeah, yeah. get the uh, recruiter's eyes on them, I guess. Okay, so, that's interesting. Yeah, but a few, few more desperate. A few more desperados trying to make their way. Yeah. No, <laughs> yes. no. Yes. Oh, that's fair enough. No, it's um, that's sport. Not a, not a big change at all. That's sport. So, so if you've got a, a, a parent of a 13, 12, oh, say 13, 14 year old, 12, 13, 14 year old, um, and I suppose when you're 13 or 14 as a, as a girl, you're a bit closer to maturity of the male who wants to play Aussie rules, um, playing other sports, say like netball or basketball. What advice do you give with preparation in terms of, you know, getting into the gym at that age and, and you know, the prep to play, I suppose, and, and landing yeah. and all that sort of stuff? What what what, what would you um, prioritise at that age if, if you're a parent sourcing a PT, a personal trainer, etc.? Yeah, I don't know if I'd sort of prioritise anything. It all needs to be looked at, to be honest. Like, um, the younger girls coming in now have an okay base but there's always room for improvement so if they can come in um the weight program is probably something that is missed off from the junior leagues i yeah. know uh girls playing under age console or just train twice a week play their game on the weekend mm-hmm. and that's it so it's um if they were looking to get to that next stage it's it's everything else it's it's the warm-up what are you doing for that are you have you got your own ip have you got the um, figure bands out, are you rolling around the floor, what, what's your warm-up like? I know some girls roll in and just straight yeah. on, boots on, out you go. Um, so it's, it's from the warm-up, it's what are you doing at night, like sleeping-wise, um, what are you putting in your body, food, um, drinks, all that sort of stuff. There's just so much that we were just, I was learning even walking in um, day one, year mm. one, mm. Um, just the amount of yeah things you have to kind of look into and, and look after your body so um but yeah there's never um you can never do enough basic skills like even at our level we still will roll in and still do our handball lanes and still mm-hmm. work on the basics of that and getting that technique right you can't you can never not have enough time with a ball in hand so um it'd be just the more times you can touch the ball the, the better you're going to be in that ball handling space as well. For sure. I, I suppose <clears throat> recently I put a, uh, um, um, an article on LinkedIn and it was about prep to play. And, and I suppose my, my question was, it's an excellent program, just like the FIFA 11 Plus is and these different injury prevention warm-ups, you know, for these 13, 14, 15-year-old girls. But, but the, the point you made was really valid, you know, uh, it, it happens a lot in all sports. They just put the boots on and go out and start training, you know. My, my big concern is that these programs are available, but they're not implemented at club level, at local level, at junior level, and I think that's a big challenge personally, you know, the, at, at the very least getting the prep to play in inverted commas um, insta- you know, in, in, put into clubs uh, over and above girls doing some extra weight training what, what um what's your view on what, what's your view what, what do you see in clubs is, it, is the reality is that not many of them are doing these things yeah i don't i wouldn't think many are doing it yeah. um obviously the more awareness and education that comes out uh the better and then uh i guess it, it, it comes down to individual clubs as to what their training program looks like and like i said the oval timings are tight like we can't all afford to be out there for two, three hours. Um, they've got 
tight timings of, of turnarounds and things like that. But obviously, if if the, the information is given, there's stuff that can be done the, the hour before getting to training or the half an hour before or get to training and do it on the side of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But change rooms or out out the side, I can't stress that enough in in the the warm up phase. And um, yeah, there's I always say if we're going to cut anything short, not let it not be the warm up because I think that's probably or definitely now a bit older, <laughs> a bit slower yeah. to get going. I, I definitely think that's most important. Well, that's right. Well, so it's an opportunity to put in some conditioning, especially at the, at the youth level, and I. I suppose my my, my my concern is that yeah, Latrobe has done a great job in preparing a program, but then who delivers it? Which clubs? And I think I yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it's passed down. Yeah. I don't know how it's handed around. I know our physio at the Bulldogs was was the one that was um, quite vocal in it all, and um, and so she was the one that presented it to us. So. Um, I don't know, and obviously junior clubs aren't going to have a physio available either. No, so no, no. I don't know if it's, if it's a mandatory thing that each mm. head coach of a, each team has to do this, if it's an AFL, um, I guess, imposed thing that they have to do. I don't well, know. How no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I suppose I'm sort of niggling you <laughs> just to say that clubs should be doing it. <laughs> Because obviously that's my opinion, but that's um, it. Oh, I'm all, yeah, yeah. That's my opinion too. It's yeah, just a yeah. matter of how how you get it to the clubs. Exactly. Yeah. How do you how do you get compliance? Like we said, not just not just prep to play, but what does it actually take in in terms of yeah, what does a gym program look like for a 13 year old? Mm-hmm. But again, that they probably don't have the resources. What is of the dietitian getting into a, a club? What does that look like mm. um, to educate the girls? And then there's now the focus in females and around the menstrual cycle and bits around that in terms of times of training and what's appropriate and what's not and uh, weights and certain mm. timings of the month. So um, I'm still get we're still trying to get our head around that as well. As more the research comes out, we'll know more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly a challenge at the junior level, isn't it? All that. Yeah. Now that it's sort of exploded, yeah, the, the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so so how are you going with crosscoders? What's happening overseas with the sport? Yeah, it's good. It's good. We're um we I've got a few different branches off off the program now. Originally, it was an international program of getting elite girls across. Um, the fear Jason and I had was that that the competition was expanding really quite quickly, and the these these younger girls maybe not quite ready, or that. The number of girls quite ready for this standard, so uh, we knew there was elite girls already overseas um, playing other various sports. So that was where we kind of put our attention to: hey, we've got these girls already athletes. We just teach them some AFL. They've got the the fitness, they've got the the base, they've got the nutrition, they've got all the other elite standards. Just teach them some AFL skills, and and they should be right to to fit in. And we've seen um, few of them make an impact already, and yeah, we've got um, 11 more about to join this season um, that have come through our program specifically. So, And then you've seen other girls from the, the two netballers that um, Collingwood have joined as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, again, they've got that, uh, that base and that, that standard of being an athlete to then just learn the skills. Is, whereas, I guess, the junior, there's more time, more investment, mm. um, more uh, training needed. Um, across all the 
the areas of being an athlete, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is there a potential for more interest in in AFLW or women's footy overseas than, than men's footy because it's just novel? Um, I think uh, the biggest thing and the reason Jason and I started this is because the the skill level and uh, like I've said, in the, it's only three years old. This comp, oh, okay. the men's comp, is over a hundred years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the skill and the differentiation between international male athletes compared to international female athletes, the skill level is not that far apart between the females. Whereas yeah. the males have had it for years and years and years. So mm. it's going to take a lot more to to upskill them and get them to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an 18-year-old TAC Cup boy as opposed to, I guess, the younger, Mm. the girls at the moment. Mm. And in a few years' time, I think we're going to have plenty of Australian girls here and plenty of um, great athletes coming out. It just was just in its infancy stages where I think that we needed some, some, um, yeah, other other girls, more experienced girls to to fill those places for now. Yeah, fantastic. I, I should have asked this earlier, but I suppose... I often get asked, who's the fittest player, you know, that I trained in the AFL? And um, <laughs> who's, the, who's the fittest player you've seen in AFLW? It doesn't have to be Bulldogs, you know, and, and, and maybe some stats, you know. Do they, do they run a yo-yo in 19 or do they trap bar deadlift 200 yeah, kilos? What, what's, what's some sort of... I don't really... I don't really have any stats <laughs> offhand. You just kind of... You kind of see what what you see in matches and yeah, the things yeah, you yeah. you notice there. And in terms of <clears throat> consistency, obviously Erin Phillips comes to mind. Yeah. Um, she's again, unfortunately, uh, out with an ACL. She should be back later this season. But um, in terms of her consistency and the, uh, her level, again, coming from an elite basketball background, she had the foundation there. Mm. Played a bit of football in her juniors, but. Mm. Um, Yes, but in, in terms of the stats coming out now, I know one of our girls, um, Orla O'Dwyer up in Brisbane, um, smashing out a 2K in, in 6.45, I think, or sub-7. Um, so that's, that's probably something that, that I guess, shocked us all. She's, um, and like that, she's come through our program, the cross-coders, and we knew she was a, an awesome athlete. Um, she's just yeah, been able to do that. She'd be able to do that in her sleep, but it's just the focus of the AFL skills now for her um, okay. beyond that yeah, athleticism. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, I'd better let you go, and uh, you probably got to get ready for next week. <laughs> uh, thanks for chatting. Yeah. It, was, it was just. Uh, I'm probably going to do it. Well, I am going to do a podcast on my views of you know fitness needs from research and. Uh, probably chat to somebody else who's actually actively working in fitness, you know, in the AFLW, VFLW scene, but I, I just wanted to chat to you to get a really good overview and, and kickstart the discussion on AFLW and obviously just chat to you too because of uh, your background. So thanks a lot, Lauren, and, and best of luck for the season. All right. Thanks to Lauren for that really interesting insight into women's Australian rules football at the moment. I think what really came out of that was a very urgent need for uh, local teams, junior teams, to start using uh, conditioning programs, and in this case, a fantastic program that's been uh, developed by La Trobe University Prep to Play, which was mentioned, um, and, and 
try and put it into their training in any which way they can. As she said, just on the sidelines or before training, doesn't have to be on the ground. That, that development with, uh, with females, I think, has to be uh, fast-tracked a little bit earlier than males and also put in because of what possibly has been left out. I think that was uh, definitely a, a, an interesting takeaway or a fair bit of emphasis put on that. So um, look forward to watching Lauren play this year and uh, thanks for listening.